So um, I am excited to introduce and have Kim O'Grady with me on Leverage today because we used to be colleagues at Chestnut Park. We're still colleagues in in the world of real estate. Um, But one of the things that I I would say to many people, and in fact, as we were just talking about our common friend, Natalka Falcomer, and I've said this to her before, um, with all due respect to anybody, I, there are not a lot of agents that I really have a lot of respect for the brand that they built. And I have always had a lot of respect for the brand that you have built out in Huntsville. So I will let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do out in Huntsville. And I'm really excited also to have you come on to Leverage and talk about one of my favorite things in the world, which is cottages and cottage life. Mm. Um, because I think that Although it's a little bit of what's happening in the city also happens in cottage country, but you know, we saw in COVID what a difference that was. And now that we're on the other side, I can't wait to delve in to hear what you are seeing, but take it away. Well, thank you, Rachel. And thank you so much for, for having me. It's been great to see uh, your podcast and the growth and, and the information that you're providing. Uh, so thank you. It, it's great to, to great to be here. Um, so yeah, so I'm Kim O'Grady. I'm a real estate broker uh, here in Huntsville, and I service the Huntsville uh, Lake of Bays area, otherwise known as North Muskoka. Um, Muskoka is a large region. It also encompasses um, Gravenhurst and, and Bracebridge, but we sort of have a, a you know, it, it, because it is a large area, we sort of have this, um, I don't want to say a division, but I like to try to stay as hyper local as possible. And I live in Huntsville. That's where my community is. That was where my network is. So this is where I am. So we have an office on Main Street, uh, Huntsville. And we opened the actual office in 2019. Before that, we were all sort of working uh, pre-COVID. We were working from home and uh and then in 2019, opened the branch as seeing it as an opportunity to really uh, increase the market share and the knowledge of uh, our brokerage in Chestnut Park within the, the community. So, and I've been in real estate, it'll be 12 and a half years. So that I started, I started in 2011. I feel like I think we might have gotten licensed around the same time. I lo- I actually the other day was like, I need to stop telling people how long I've been in this and actually check. And I don't even know where to check. I definitely beat over 10 years. But um, and and when you talk about like the division, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I remember I was having a conversation with a client and I said, you know, they were waiting for for me to get a hold of an of a like a realtor up north. And I said, they uh, listen you're lucky i mean i ha- i own a cottage i'm blessed enough to have something in Hunt- in um halliburton you know mm-hmm. you guys have definitely your own brown zones but like there are places in cottage country where you have no cell reception and you get into your car and you're done for the day and then you come back and you have a whole day of catching up from what you yes. lost while being on the road yes yeah and- yeah and that's it's funny because it just even with um it, it's definitely a, a guided experience when we're working with buyers uh, coming up from the city and they're like, we'd like to see these five cottages. And it's like, like, that's that, eight that's hours. A 12 hour day. Yeah. Like it, it's like, it, it's the logistics, you know, anyway. So it, that's always fun as well as maybe making sure that we're mapping out, out a tour that's realistic and doesn't leave somebody completely exhausted. 
I almost feel like it's off topic, but like I want how many kilometers do you put on your car a year? Like I like I think about Toronto, like we, you know, we can do a tour of the East End and be done, yeah. you know, in a few hours, even seeing five mm-hmm. places depending. But, you know, I'm not putting the kind of mileage on my car. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it can be a lot. I think in my career, the highest was almost 650 kilometers in a day. Wow. It was a lot. It was a lot. So it's, um, I don't do a lot of that anymore because I, I have more listings than I do. So it it helps with the kilometers a bit, but yeah, the mileage can get you. All right. So let's delve into it. So, um, I also, I have, I I'm trying to think about, I think my daughter was like seven or eight. She's 20 now. So we've owned a cottage for, let's say almost as long as you've been in real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not paying necessarily attention to it back then, but what would you say is like the biggest difference? Like when we were talking about what we were going to talk about today, mm-hmm. one of the thoughts obviously is like, I think about that old stereotype that people who owned a cottage were only really like teachers because they had, you know, the summers often and could enjoy it. And mm-hmm. that's really now pivoted to that 1% of the population that can afford a cottage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What would you say in the last, you know, decade or so have you seen as the mm-hmm. biggest change, whether it's in ownership or just buying? Um, mm-hmm. So it's interesting because actually that was my introduction to cottaging where my parents were school teachers. <laughs> my oh, dad was a principal. Oh. My mom was a teacher. And we actually rented a cottage for, for years on Penn Lake here in Huntsville. But it's been interesting to see um, that there's a couple of things that that happen. When we see uh, buyers coming into the cottage market, coming up from the GTA, a lot of them have had an experience with a cottage as a kid and now they have family of their own and now they want to be able to share that experience with their own children so that really drives a lot of the cottage who who our cottage buyer is they they know the cottage experience the value that it can that it can do to enrich your life uh so they want to have their kids to have that experience um, I mean, the the interesting thing that we've seen happening too in cottage uh, country, and this is where we thought, again, pre-COVID, we were running into supply issues, is nobody was really selling their cottages. And you'd have to literally wait for a cottage to either um, the kids inherited it. Yes, there's a lot of like off the market, you know, pass it along to a child, pass it down to a dollar. But you could actually pass something down for a (laughs) dollar. Exactly, exactly. And so we would see that. So very little would actually hit the market. So we we did have an inventory issue, whereas what we're seeing now going back to affordability, even just the property taxes on certain cottage properties, never mind the the upkeep and all of the care, who's going to take care of it, can also really put a lot of strain on a family dynamic. I feel like that's another conversation. Oh my God, yes. Um, <laughs> but it, it's like, so, so these, these cottages that may have been gifted or inherited, we're just not seeing that anymore. We're seeing them actually come to market because the kids just either don't have the funds or, and when I say kids, I'm referring to like forties. You know, totally. Yes. Right. So children. yeah. Who can't afford exactly. that? Right. Exactly. Or don't have the time. Um, 
And that's another thing too, we see with, with uh, cottage buyers, particularly as, as you sort of go through the, the, the generations is I've helped people buy a cottage, let's say five years ago when their kids were eight and 10 years old. Now, all of a sudden their kids are teenagers. They're involved in sports. They have jobs back home. Now the idea and the appeal of the cottage is like, do we have to? So that's really shifted as well uh, in terms of the demographic, but it's, it's definitely, um, not just that I would say it's just not the teacher demographic anymore, but it's the people coming up had that experience and afford it, especially right. now. I was going to say is um, the affordability issue also, like I think to myself, you know, from a price point standpoint, was that something that, you know, you scraped together to do um, mm-hmm. as a family, you know, generational, like cheap vacation, you know, you weren't going, you know, you weren't mm-hmm. spending big money to go away in the summer or go to Europe or your kids didn't go to camp. Um, mm-hmm. And now that's not where the prices are. Like that's, yeah. that's not the inexpensive um, option mm-hmm. at all. Even even renting, which I, I feel like I want to kind of actually get to at the end. So, okay. So we've like, let it up, like things have changed mm-hmm. and it's true. Like my, both my children played hockey. Um, they've now both in university, but you know, before it was okay. Well, as soon as September came, even though we have a four season cottage, well, we just stopped going yeah. because, you know, our youngest was still in hockey. This is the first year where we're like, oh, we can just go up anytime we want. Um, yeah. And, and smaller. So when you have smaller kids, it's much, much harder for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And life is yeah. so, okay. And then, but so now you've got this like shift in the market, yeah. you know, you're seeing different, um, different trends and then COVID hits like, mm-hmm. and who mm-hmm. would have, I mean, who would have thought that it would have caused what it caused, especially yeah. in cottage country we were yeah. super lucky. we had horseshoes we bought the summer before COVID hit like yeah. if there's ever a hindsight mm-hmm. it, it's interesting because I think we could probably all kind of remember around that March 20th uh 2020 in in around I think it was between the 15th and the 20th when you know we're going to stay home for two weeks everybody and <laughs> Two weeks, two years. It was like triggering. Yeah. 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 So, and, and yeah, I mean, we had no idea. Um, nobody could see what was, what was happening. I think we were all preparing. Um, yeah. For, 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 I know that there was people, there were people that I was working with who were like, we need to unload now. We need to, if the world's going to end, we need to get rid of it. We need to to liquidate our assets and let's go. So that's what we saw a lot at the early part was a lot of this um, uh, fear based. I need to sell because I, uh, the world's going to end. And then we, well, there was also sorry to interrupt, but like there were also like logistics. So I had uh, I had a co- I had a cottage on Lake Simcoe, so not far from me. Yeah, no Lake Simcoe, um, and we put it up. And COVID came, and there was logistics of like 
can, can we get stagers out? Could we, like, we didn't know, like, people are like, oh, buy, sell, find, you know, unload. No, no, but there are all the, like, we didn't even know if they were going to be able to, like, yeah. actually land transfer it in the office, right? Like, there were yeah. all those precautions that we took. Sorry to interrupt. It was oh, yeah. like, I remember yeah. that. Like, yeah. can we get the furniture out? Like, yeah, yeah. What is deemed essential, right? Like, that whole debate, what is an essential service? And thankfully, yeah real estate was still deemed an essential service. And we obviously, as we know, had to fine tune it and make some changes. And, you know, the the policies of only the two people on title for the showing, this is not an opportunity to bring the whole family. Um, and, you know, so, so those types of, you know, um, patterns and behaviors changed, but it was interesting to all of a sudden. And then of course the workplace, people could work, remotely and so they're like get me out of the city and I want space I want you know clean air to breathe and and so we saw that this um all of a sudden the prices in early 2020 starting to to just escalate and these these multiple offer offer situations which frankly in cottage country we were not used to um you know in the city you you deal with this and and bully offers we had to say what is about like it was the 72 hour irrevocables like um right. the escalation clauses everything to what it was just a lot in a very short time so particularly for new agents coming into the market it was a massive learning curve um but even for more seasoned agents like even myself i was like wow we're this is a completely different market we're navigating through Right. Pivot, pivot, pivot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But it, uh, it was an, and then of course, I mean, I remember when COVID hit, we were actually in Israel at the time. We got one of the last flights mm-hmm. back into Pearson before everything was shut down. And I remember texting the kids going like, we're on our way home and we're just like, pack your bags, we're going to the cottage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it got mm-hmm. us through. There's no question. I was one of the very privileged few. I say that with all humbleness. And I think to myself, I understood that rush to have another place to escape because we were under lock and key in the cities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was a point where, you know, I remember the mayors were saying, do not come to your second property. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't even want us coming to visit. So, that lasted up until so we all remember like the craziness and and i have mm-hmm. to tell you i had you know like many extraordinary years at that time i had a ton of listings obviously we're all holding back i remember it being also really tough just as a human being on the side of you know selling and watching all these young people trying to get the properties and their agents trying so hard yeah. and I remember saying like, I, I, like, I I'm with you. Like, I wish I could do more. I've got one house. It's going to go to the highest Mm -hmm. bidder. I know that's really crappy, but it was also tough to be on that side just Mm -hmm. as a human. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I'm glad to see it gone. Like I I will say that. I mean, I hate uh, my sellers aren't going to feel that way, but I'm happy not to see like I'm I think people out there don't realize and I'm sure you agree because I know you're an amazing human like a balanced market is great. Let us put it up. Let people come. Let them be able to do Mm -hmm. their due diligence, drive, come back with their family let it be. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty want to feel pressured and bullied and have remorse. 
Well, and, and that's the thing, like FOMO was, you know, you had FOMO on the buyer side, FOMO on the seller side, you know, and, and it, it both were being driven and nothing ever positive comes out of fear. And, and, you know, in the sense of, you know, especially when that's leading your decision making, and that's where as realtors, it was very important for us to act as guides. But you also had to, you didn't have a lot of time to think because you had to be act almost so it I agree with you I'm, I'm glad those days are behind us because it, it's just there um, it becomes more about winning and then and that's when you have and we're seeing fallout from that now we're seeing cottages that come up from for sale that were purchased in 2021 that you know for whatever reason those people bought them now they've whatever their reasons for selling buyer remorse financial they didn't realize how much work it was going to be they've been called back to work several reasons but we're seeing these cottages come back on the market which it's interesting because i i in preparation for our call today i was just running some some numbers so in 2019 so the pre covid yeah, market today. i would love to hear let's yeah talked about covid craziness tell yeah. us if you're seeing yeah, Je Jedi Master, let us know. Yeah, well, <laughs> well it's, so the average sale price for Waterfront in 2019 was sitting just under a million, with days on market sitting around 50 and okay. 90 and selling for 97% of list price. So again, this is Huntsville, Lake of Bays area, right? The highest sale that year was 4.7 million on Lake of Bays. So, and there were 147 sales. So that was in 2019. Then we jump into 21. Okay. I'm, I didn't go into 2020. I'm skipped 20. I'm just giving yeah. you a high level. Yeah. So in 2021, uh, there were 212 sales. The average uh, sale to uh, the average list price or sale price rather was 1.4. Wow. And it was selling for 108% of sale to list. And Under days a on million to 1.4 into 1.4. See that? Like, that's just not okay. Like, it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. We all saw it. No. But anyway, sorry. No, Crazy. no, that's okay. But the 108 sale to list price ratio. So there, you know, we know right there, things are selling for over ask. And days on market were 19. Oh, my God. 19. Like, so. Uh, like Thanks, I yeah. always say to people when they come to me, just because they know I have, I've owned a cottage, like there are so many pieces to owning a cottage that are mm -hmm. like, you don't know from if you own a home, yeah. I, like the you can know the lake and you may be on a part of a lake that's totally different than around the corner. That's a hundred yards away that, you know, it, the well, the septic, the like, you can't do that in 19 days and see, no. It, right? No, no. And, and 212 sales compared to 147 the year before. Yeah. And so in now 2023, now we're not finished the year yet, obviously, but there has been um, 96 sales yeah. to date. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing. The average sale price, 1.7. So the average sale price has increased, but oh, that, okay, sorry. Yep. And then the sale to list price is 96%. So we're seeing a go, so we're seeing a higher average sale price, but fewer sales. So the higher price points have been moving, right? Which brings up that say. average, right? right? So, so, and with the, but we're back to 42 days on market. 
So in 2019, we were at the average of 50 days on market. Now in 23, while we have a higher average sale price, we're sitting still around the same 40, 42 days on market and selling for 96% of list price. But the conversation that we're having with sellers right now is, you know, listen, there's, there's, and this is always, you know, a, a topic of conversation. I shouldn't say always, but most a lot. It, it happens, comes up. There's what you want to get. And then there's what you can realistically get based on where we are in the market. And, uh, and that's, that is really sort of that, that, that those conversations we're having now with sellers is yes, our average. So a seller might look at that, a prospective seller and say, yeah, but that's $700,000 more than 2019. Right. Yes. Yes. Prices have appreciated, but we've also seen fewer sales and there's actually more inventory on the market now. So that's buyers true. are having more choice and they're what taking your- their time. Uh, not to put you on the spot, but if you remember, mm-hmm. I know in Toronto and September numbers. And again, I always say to clients, you know, our mm-hmm. data is rear view mirror stuff, right? So like, yeah. I can only tell you what has happened. I can't tell you mm-hmm. what's going to happen, which as you know, and I think is a totally fair question. Hey, Rachel, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. And I give you my prediction based on my expertise and my time on, you know, on the ground. But, you know, we saw... We also, let's just say we saw prices basically flat. Again, I like for you, it's different because again, I would almost say you're not looking at like condo detached, semi-detached. I think you're looking at like three season, four season, you know, big lake, small lake, Mm -hmm. like, you know, that type of thing. But, you know, I think that it's, it's become very product specific. And we also saw Mm a 44% increase in listings year over year Mm -hmm. for us. So that was and we've been saying in the the city market, so interesting to hear what you think about like from a cottage perspective, but one of the things that kept the prices stable, even while the Bank of Canada was, was hiking the interest rates, was that there was no inventory. Mm-hmm. Well, now there's so much inventory, like yeah. so much. Now, again, more so in the condo market than the detached market, but where are you seeing the inventory come out? Like, so now you're saying you have more inventory. Are you seeing it? Like, and and I'm sure you've seen all these like ridiculous TikToks. There's one guy that wants to tell everybody the cottage marker is like on fire. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like, honestly, they're showing these things. I'm like, out of context, you have no idea what you're talking about, but great. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's more inventory. So where are you seeing the inventory come out? Like at a starter price cottage? So it, we have a lot of inventory right now in sort of that that um, spot between 750 and 1.5. There is- Very yeah. yeah. And, so and that's the that, entry level, right? Entry that's level. the entry level now. I mean, entry level used to be five, 600. For a cottage, I think I bought yeah, not too long ago. No, I think well, this was twelve years ago. But I like full disclosure. I bought on a shoestring budget a little mm-hmm. three season on the South Bay of Halliburton. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. even main strip for like two hundred sixty five thousand. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was, but that was what was get like you couldn't find you can't find a plot of land. I don't care where yeah. you go for that kind of money without anything on it. No, no, it's exactly. Crazy. Exactly. 
So these price points—it's like a, it's like the first-time home buyer off-water, right? It's sort of that. I mean, right now for the the residential off-water, I mean, for a first-time home buyer right now, our average list price in Huntsville is sitting around seven hundred thousand. So for, for three season or four season? No, no. For the, and sorry, this is residential off-water. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes, yes. I'm yes. even just saying that. So, so I look at these cottages between seven and one five. And, you know, it, it, even during COVID, we almost said, you know, 700 became the new million. Um, so a $700,000 cottage was totally. now selling for a million. Totally. And now those million dollar cottages are no longer worth a million. Totally. They're sliding back towards maybe not 700, but could be in around that 8850. But we yeah. haven't got there yet in a lot of sellers' minds. So a lot of it is going to be education and guidance moving forward. Yeah. And we started that discussion when we got on and we mm -hmm. were recording was, um, you know, as two people who have been in this and, and I hate to say this out loud, like, and I do feel bad, but I've had several conversations with some of these agents who are calling me right now on listings that I have. And it's not, I'm not saying it in a rude way, but I'm just like, how long have you been doing this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because like the challenge that I'm seeing in the market, and I don't know if it's the same in cottage country is like, managing those expectations, understanding yeah. what we're in. You know, I said to an agent, like, you need to educate your clients to understand that this is a downturn of the market. It's not the beginning of the end. Like, yes, we are going, you know, Muskoka is always going to be Muskoka. Port Carling yeah. is always going to be there. This is not about the start of the end. Mm -hmm. And you know, before we run out of time, I kind of want to touch on um, going back to that crystal ball, but like yeah. predictions about, mm -hmm. you know, my prediction is Bank of Canada is not going to touch that interest rate. I think they would just destroy the economy and the housing market mm -hmm. if they touch it this month or December. Mm -hmm. What will come in spring? I don't know. But what do you predict for spring market in cottage country? So come back and we'll come back and check. yeah, we'll come back and watch. I I do think they're going to do another increase. I as much as I I, I think that um, they're they yeah I I just feel that they're they're not to to if they were to do a decrease or even holds like if they were to even hold stable right now, wonderful. However, I just feel that we're probably going to see a few more increases, whether they do the increase stable, increase stable to kind of pacify us in, in between. I don't think, I think we're actually going to have more supply in the spring than we have um, with more people either in a position where they have to sell, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. Um, giving buyers sort of that, um, Back into, and I, I feel in terms of the cottage market, we are back in a pre-COVID market where people who are buying cottages right now don't need a cottage. They want a cottage. Yes. They, they are uh, taking their time. They're discerning. Yep. They want to check off most of their boxes on that list. They have to have that warm, fuzzy feeling. And until they do, they'll wait. And, and we haven't experienced that over the past, you know, back no. when, and no. so, but in 2019, 2018, buyers took their time. It would be not uncommon for me to work with a cottage buyer two to three seasons. 
before they actually bought something because it is such an emotional purchase. So where I can see us going is having more inventory in the spring. Therefore, pricing is going to have to be more competitive because yep. there, we're back to that very discerning buyer who yep. is taking their time. Yep. They have, you know, they're ready to go, but they're going to wait for the right one. No, that's a very interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe my my hope, I definitely think the interest rate will go up again. I'm just, mm-hmm. maybe I'm willing it not to happen this year only because I feel yeah. like just in general, and I know I've heard, I'm sure you've heard from clients just how, you know, stressed out they are from the interest rates rising. I think everyone yeah. just needs a break. Um, well, with, it doesn't mean with, that they're not going to increase it in the spring. I think just letting everybody have a little bit of a, okay, like just one breath. Well, and I think the, I mean, my conversations with my clients is like, I am not pointing out any doom or gloom. It's, you know, how can we best prepare? Like maybe now is a time to be lean, not operate from a scarcity mindset because that's a fear mindset, but let's lean, let's be lean here. Let's make uh, positive choices or or choices that are going to um, not put you further in debt, right? Or, and, and this is where the thing is too, people are carrying a lot of debt right now. So any move of the needle is making people vulnerable. So I think sort of trying to empower people to sort of, you know, it's not time to sort of press on, you know, press the brake. It's maybe just let off the gas a little bit and just focus on where, what areas in your life right now do you maybe need to lean out um, in order to be able to do what you, if a cottage is still on your radar, you can still do it. But what are the things that you can proactively do now that's going to set you up for future success? I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. I feel like so many other things I want to ask you, but we're running out of time. Yeah. We didn't get to the rental market. We didn't get to anything. I, we will we'll have you back if you're willing. And absolutely. We'll put all of your contact info in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Anybody wants to reach out to you and get more information about the cottage market. And it's so good to see you. It's so oh, good to so see you, Rachel. For your success and um yeah, have a wonderful week. I hope it's the sun is shining. It's gorgeous here. So I hope it's uh, beautiful with all the leaves changing up there. It is. It is. It's beautiful. They're hanging on despite all the rain we've had. Um, it's yeah, beautiful and sunny here. And yeah, it's it's great. I also would yeah. say if anybody just wants to get to know Muskoka more, uh, Kim is amazing mm-hmm. at really promoting all the local shops, mm-hmm. stores and all the events. So if you want to just have like your finger on the pulse of Muskoka, you're the best person to follow for sure. Thank you, Rachel. Appreciate oh, yeah. it. You bet. Have a great day. And oh, thank here you. comes my dog. I know for sure. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye.